What's up, everybody? Welcome to Binge Town TV. Today, we're back for The Traders U.S. Season 2, Episode 9, titled A Game of Death. And we've only got two episodes left. Next episode's the penultimate. I think this episode was exciting in, to get into a, the mind of a new trader. Someone like Kate, who has been very nonchalant in both her seasons, just doesn't give a fuck because people either thought she was a traitor or, you know, she's just living her life. It's so much easier to be a faithful than it is a traitor. And I think we got to see that in real time, which I thought made this episode pretty exciting. And I also just think her and Phaedra are a great pair together, like good TV. But want to hear about what you two think. So I'll throw it to Kev first and then Al. I definitely think that the highlight for me was watching the wheels turn for Kate on like, how do I shift my dynamic and change the game that I've been playing for the past two seasons now? I think for me, definitely highlight. I did think it was so fun and crazy that MJ was like, Kate, what's wrong with your face? There's a flush there. I'm like, <laughs> it was okay. So good. It Last episode, I was like, trim MJ out. But now I'm kind of like, sort of invested in how she is sort of this random ass person, but somehow is picking up on things in a way, but not really a game player. So doesn't know really what to do with that information. So that's been kind of fun to watch. And I think the other thing that I thought was maybe the most entertaining slash kind of crazy to watch was CT doing the divorce moment with Phaedra and kind of breaking up the the romance showmans that we've all come to know and love. It was really like him doodling like he's Steve Madden on the chalkboard with like, here's where everyone's like tiles was. I was like, oh, he's like, he's all in on this. It's not like I was expecting more of like a subtle approach with him. Mm -hmm. And I was entertained and a little surprised that he was so, yeah, he was brazen. He was like, I'm laying all the cards out and let's do this shit. Those were my two highlights from this episode. CT said, I see Sandra and her balls and I'm going to raise her my own coach <laughs> moment. Exactly. Is, you know, we kind of knocked CT as a man we love, but, you know, he was being a bit of a goober in this series. Yeah. I feel like, Kathleen, you felt that a lot. But, yeah. yeah, he's coming out of his shell and he's he's ready to game. Like, the gamer in him is is leaping out in this episode, I think. But um, not to cut to, like, the best part of the end, but happy I don't have to kiss your ass for a rose day to all who celebrate. I think everyone's been waiting for this moment since the fucking trailer. And so the payoff is, is beautiful. So that was one of my fave moments. Last thing I'll say off the top is I noted that too with Kate. It, we started this pod in this season being like, you know, traders have a leg up. Traders have the card stacked in their favor. But it's kind of not true. And I think we started to touch on it last week. It's exhausting <laughs> to be in that. And to have to pivot, yes. to have to pivot is fucking no joke. And, you know, we were like, if they do it with two days left, like they don't deserve to be in the end. I don't know anymore. I think I'm retracting all those like initial takes because it is so hard. And it makes me think a lot about how easily Ari slipped into that role. If someone like Kate, who you'd expect could like play the villain really easily is struggling. Like, why was this guy able to just turn it immediately and play the game? I think it's just really interesting how different people take to it or not. And like who you would expect to versus not. Yeah, I think it'll keep coming up as we go through the episode because there's funny lines and just like as we head into this first scene with Phaedra and Kate and they get to like flex their acting chops in this basement. <laughs> it's so funny. But I just want to address two quick things. Um, CT, I agree. I think like he's really showing up. One scene is Peter coming to him and asking his opinion and 
CG just saying, it's you, man. You, you're who's on my mind. And some sometimes like when people do that in Survivor, it may not be like the best. It makes you feel like you're super cocky or something when you're like straight up with someone like, hey, it's you. But to me, this red is like, this man's a gamer. Like he's telling him straight up. He's been around the block and he's saying like, it's you, dude. Sorry. And we saw that change in the long run anyway in this episode. But and then the second thing is with MJ, you're saying she's getting more strategic, like talking heads, whatever, clocking Kate. The less people we get, the more talk. Even Sheree had some talking heads in this was for some Finally. strategy. <laughs> and part of me is thinking, again, the edit, have these people been pitching strategy this whole time and they just get edited out? The traders editors said, these are the heroes of the season. These are the villains. They give them all the screen time until they're gone. Like Dan got so much screen time. And Parvati did. There's no room for anybody else. So it's really nice to see someone like MJ and Sheree actually, you know, we've been goofing on Sheree this whole season that she's going to win the whole thing thinking she's on like Ultimate Girls Trip. And in reality, it's the traitors. And I just think it's so exciting to see people who don't usually get as this much talking heads to actually get to speak. It's nice. I agree. I think to that point, too, it leads for some interesting reflections of people who have already like come and gone. I feel like it would have been really interesting to see Ekansu or Bergy get mm-hmm. more of their talking head moments and more opportunities to strategize and play the game once. like I feel like Bergy started to and then immediately was like, okay, we're trimming him out. But yeah, I agree. I, I'm really excited that I, I still I'm still rooting for anyone for Bravo. So the fact yeah. that we got Sheree to be in a confessional two or three times this episode, I'm like, this is a win for the community. So <laughs> Yeah, and she also was like, let's go find like I'm ready to find some traders. Like I wrote down Sheree logged the fuck on today for the first time. I was like, <laughs> I'm clocking in. Yeah. Like I can't they- wait to see what happened. Yeah, they told her there was a prize. And this isn't a vacation. <laughs> Reminder. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I also think to that point, too, of clocking the fuck in, MJ had a really great moment where Trishel was like, I need to start. That was like textbook fun to watch, too, because they're like, you pull this person to the other room. I'm going to go in and just like yeah. do my thing. And I'm like, oh, so everyone's tuned in, clocked in, playing. And that was a blast to watch. And I thought that conversation with Trishel and the ladies was really fun to watch because MJ kind of got to find her own voice and be like, yeah, I get it. We're all on the same network, but I don't really care about these people's approvals. I'm just kind of leading with them, but I'll make my own decision once I hear everyone's piece. And I'm like, you know what? I'm team MJ again. (laughs) I keep flip-flopping on her. Well, they teed it up gorgeously because MJ has that moment where she says, like, if Phaedra is a traitor, then I don't think anyone here will have a problem turning on her. And then, of course, MJ gets the last vote and is the deciding vote leading into the cliffhanger into next episode. So, I mean, it was teed up perfectly. I don't think you can really plan that because, of course, they go clockwise and pick someone to start with, but you don't know it's going to be tied. Like, it just ended up working out so well the way it did. I mean, maybe they can plan that if this whole thing is scripted. But (laughs) I'm going to believe it's not. And uh, but yeah, so let's jump in. Speaking of people becoming traitors, I also think it's really fun to get to see people who have been faithful to the whole game get to find out who the traitors are, like Parvati getting to see Dan and Phaedra, even though the game had barely started. Kate in this episode, Ari last season seeing Suri and Christian. This one was a little less because I think people knew it was Phaedra. 
But last season when Ari, when they took off their um, hoods, Ari was like, no fucking way. I think Suri was a complete wild card for people. So what did you guys think about this meet in the dungeon and this like absolute just acting fest between the two of them? Yeah, I mean, we're giving Lifetime original movie in the basement, whatever, (laughs) whatever the plot is. I'm not sure. But yeah, I kind of think that it is a little bit less of a fun reveal when the last episode had so much heat on Phaedra. And I think that if the episode was focusing more on like anyone else, I think maybe Kate would have had that reaction. But then part of me also is like, maybe that's just Kate. Like, I don't really know if Kate's going to be like, gag. Like, I can't believe it's you, girl. Like, I think she's just like, why the fuck am I in this dungeon? Like, wrap this, wrap this scene up quick. So yeah, I feel like maybe if it was a different person who I was thinking of that would have a really insane reaction would be Trishel. I feel like she would be like freaking out and just feeling like I got it and I knew it. And that would have been more of a a moment, if you will. Yeah, I kind of wish it was Peter Trishel because that ultimatum, like, I think any of them would have stayed in the game. Peter can say he'd like leave, you know, but that's the ultimate test. And someone like Trishel would probably flip, you know, and for me getting to see them in the turret immediately after was hilarious because Kate was like, immediately Phaedra, I'll start there, was like, so what do we do? And Kate's like, you can't be fucking serious. You can't be serious. I just haven't even processed that I'm a traitor and you don't have a plan, girl. And I think that is Phaedra's fatal flaw. Is she, and I think we said this last week, kind of let Harvey and Dan run the game and that protected her in a lot of ways. But then when you're the last one or you're the like OG one and you're recruiting other people, like that's going to put you at a disadvantage in a lot of ways, especially when everyone's already zeroing in on you. But it really, it really made me laugh. I was really glad they got to kill somebody because I really didn't think so. Obviously, the shield did play a part in this. I thought it was completely irrelevant. And they literally almost got blocked again because they were between Trishel and Kevin. And um, I'm so glad that we got to, See the Kevin boot. I think that was a good boot. It was one of the ones we were saying he's not really giving anything. He's not adding value. He's definitely not taking anything away by not being in the show. His shirt was hilarious. Like his rose shirt when he walked in me and I were like, okay. Like we feel like he's like, you really dressed up to get (laughs) to get murdered. And he was like, can I keep this? I wrote down like Kevin's going to sell this on eBay. So I'm going to clock and I'm going to take take a look and see if he's trying to yeah. sell his own props for the traders. I'm like, what are you going to do? I'd buy it. it. <laughs> I mean, I kind of was like, this is charming. So it's like that worked on me. I'm like, yeah. you know what? Maybe I'll miss a little bit of him. But I'm, I agree. I'm happy we got a kill this time yeah. around. He saw MJ's fit and said, I got something in mind. <laughs> he <laughs> the said, Ed, the Ed Hardy shirt. <laughs> I am ready to deliver. <laughs> yeah. I'd say the last point from this scene is Kate kind of being disappointed that only Pager was left. And it just goes to show like these faithfuls really don't have any idea of who is how many traitors there are. They just are clueless. It could have been Peter. I mean, there was a recruitment that was turned down, so it could it should have been two at that point, quote unquote. 
So it is a little anticlimactic, but I will say Phaedra saying being with Parvin Dan the whole time was like eating dry toast with no jam or butter was so <laughs> So good. She was just dragging everyone this episode. Everyone was catching strays. Everyone was catching it. I, I was surprised by her being like, so what's the plan? Because I feel like she kind of resented poverty and Dan being like, okay, I'm following your guys' lead and then you guys are also fucking it up for me. So I'm surprised that she wasn't sort of like, okay, this is what I'm thinking. What are your thoughts? Lead the conversation, not lean in and be like, what should we be doing now? (laughs) There's also so much tea she has to spill with being like, okay, so we tried to recruit Peter. He did not come. That's what happened. Like you got to like kind of give all the details. So Kate is exactly aware of what went down. Like Dan made us kill Fergie and he he had the shield. Like you got to tell all that. And I'm sure that's off screen, but it would be nice to see some of that recap um, montage, but that's okay. I think they could cut out some of the dead air they do on the show and and of the of the silences and the waits and and then just do it. But yeah, these women are giving enough line reads and these men that you don't need as much dramatic silence. I get that that's the format of the show, but I'm like, oh my fuck, the amount of time I could save in my life by just <laughs> cruising past this or doing this at 1.5 speed yeah. would be astronomical at this point. I'll be All honest. Right. Last night I did do that. I started doing. I was like, there's one scene that I'm like. Okay, keep it going. 10 seconds ahead. And then they were going back. I do that on Love Island all the time or else I would never get through. But at this point, I'm going, I'm blowing through entire segments of like around the fire pit and recouplings. And I just like watch who they pick. I'm like, I can't do the three second pause between every sentence. You got to watch that show on 2X. Like you can't watch that. I'd be literally, I could never even try to start that journey. My brain is rotted in trying to catch up on this all stars. It's, it's really special. I don't mean to go on a tangent of love Island, but are there winners on the love of the love Island all stars or no? Because I wonder if Ekin was approached for that and was like, sorry, can't doing traders. I feel I would like she choose had traders. to have been approached, but yeah, I would choose traders too. There's real money in this, you know, she already won love Island, but yeah, I, I have to think they tried to approach her and she was booked and busy. Yeah, because she's a star. Okay, breakfast time. I don't have much to say here. We talked about the MJ thing. That was obviously like one of the bigger things. Kate just like working through being a traitor and obviously just acting sus on the first second. Like couldn't even like figure it out. And then obviously Kevin left. I don't think that was a big thing, but mostly like the Peter pals are, are now withered down to three. So they have to like sway two people. So for this whole chunk before the challenge, do you guys have anything you want to talk through? I just wrote, and this is kind of a theme throughout it. Obviously Peter is up for banishment and everyone's like, he's got traitorous behaviors. But as we have seen and talked about in the beginning of this, especially with Dan's weak ass non-gameplay no trader would be that aggressive and cuckoo as peter is you know what i mean i get he's rubbed people the wrong way and they just kind of probably are over him and want him out that's kind of what i get from the bravo girlies but i would say the way people are reading it and think they have it figured out like sandra or someone at times i'm like be for real like no one a trader is playing this bold and aggressive of a game that yes. would like put their neck on the chopping block just as a personality i think the difference here is they don't think peter's been a Trader from the beginning. They think he was recruited. So yes. he was playing a hard game. And then the Parvati pivot made it feel weird. Exactly. That's the most damning evidence. And if you go to the end in the round table and 
Peter proclaims that the Bergy misfire is the thing that makes him not allowed to be a traitor. It's not possible. That's just wrong because that happened before the recruitment because Dan Phaedra and Parvati were all around for that Bergy attempt and the recruitment didn't happen yet. So nobody thinks Peter was a faithful from the beginning. I think that's the miss. And I think that, yeah, sorry. No one thinks Peter was a traitor from the beginning. And I honestly do understand why Peter's getting so defensive this episode. Like, I haven't been very empathetic to Peter in this series. I just think he is playing, like, insanely hard. And there's just been, like, all the picking people out of rooms and stuff, that's what's, like, turned me the wrong way. Also, can we talk about the scene where they cut to him lifting in his room? So insane. I wrote that, too. I was like, another bulge for us to take in. Yeah. Like, I'm like, kind of hot. Okay, we'll work with it. <laughs> exactly. But I do understand why he's getting his feelings hurt. He's trying so hard, and he's playing such a bold game, and people are targeting him, and I understand why he's getting defensive. Because I, the first watch, I was like, man, he's crying a lot this episode. And then on my second watch, I'm like, you know what? It must be so frustrating. Like when he's at the round table and was like, that makes me so angry. I was like, oh, gagged him. I'm scared. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it must suck, right? Because his moves did work. His parlor tricks, which the uh, closed captioning were calling like parlotics or something. I was like, what is CT saying? <laughs> the closed captioning <laughs> didn't know the new Harvard nickname to Stra. <laughs> <laughs> it's about as close as others get. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, if I'm him, my my head's melting out of my head because I'm like, I have this all Ooh. figured out. Just let, <laughs> yes. me, let me get us there. And yeah, the pilot do, is going down. I, I feel like their approach to trying to sway the two other people was just, I don't know. It's not it. The way that Peter has been behaving this whole season, if I was in a house with him, I would want to vote him out merely on just not being able to vibe with someone or feeling like I'm not worthy of sitting in a room. And I get his point of view, which I was like, okay, I'm hearing him out at the round table. He's saying like, you know, in a game where there's traitors amongst us, I want to protect what I'm saying and make sure that's safe. However, you excluding half of the house makes it harder to sell that point can't say everyone is a potential traitor and then three people you're four on and i just think that i would be curious to see if he had attempted to like maybe lean in with more empathy apology and acknowledgement of like hey i've totally been a psycho and like this is my first time playing a game like this. Even if you're lying, lie about it and say, you know, this is my first time doing something like this or like this is new terrain. Bat your eyelashes. You're a bachelor. Be charming. And card. Come on. Pay the poverty. Literally, like I wish that she had like exerted that into him before <laughs> she left to see if that could have saved it. But yeah, it I was interesting. Like if he gave even like a like do your little core group. I understand that, but do some other interpersonal play with these other people, like give yeah. them a crumb or do more of your parlor tricks with them. Like, I feel like just engaging other people probably would have gone further than he he thought in the moment. Yeah. I think this is a perfect um, segue into the crossbow challenge, which I honestly think was one of the more boring challenges we've had. Yes. But it did have some <laughs> stretch. This felt like a season one challenge. Um, I also think that, Maybe the producers thought this would be easier for them, but they just missed a thousand times, which is so funny. But what I was going to say is, so the meaningful part of this challenge was that Phaedra and Sandra are now getting heat because they moved to Trishel. And now everyone at the roundtable, including CT, are like, well, they went to Trishel. Like, that's traitorous behavior. And what Sandra has said on podcasts, what Sandra has said on her Instagram is like, 
traitors and faithfuls, they both have to go. It's got to be whittled down to a number where you're splitting this pot. Like, Sari took the whole thing last, you know, because she was like, I'm taking this whole damn money. If I could get Ari out, I'm getting him out. So what you were saying about, you know, the Peter pals is they're not getting along with everyone. They're kicking everyone out of room. So if I have to kick a faithful out, why not Trishel? Trishel's been annoying. Sandra and Peppermint were in an alliance since day one. Trishel got Peppermint out. Why not go for Trishel? I don't think that's as damning evidence as they think it is that she moved to Trishel. Because just because you don't want Trishel to get a shield and you want her out doesn't mean you're a traitor too. Like you can just be like at odds personally. You know what I mean? Like they could just not mm. like the Peter Pals because they've been kicking them out of rooms for episodes on end. You know what I mean? Right. Everyone's playing this numbers game. Peter was in his own way of this like close group. Sanders in a different way. And she has no allegiance or like, yeah, you don't have to have allegiance to every freaking faithful in this game because there's way too many of you to begin with. So I feel like it is kind of, yeah, a, a weird path to go down, especially CT. He like really latched onto that yeah. in the end thinking Sandra's next, but let's get Phaedra tonight. Like it was, it was kind of interesting. That whole scene kind of, showcase what we might not be seeing because of the edit i feel like sandra's name is probably in conversations that we're maybe not seeing and then to see sandra and phaedra sort of link up and say oh just go for trishel instead after trishel was like on the chopping block with phaedra circumstantially that could have been really sus and if there were conversations of that happening like if maybe sandra was on other people's radars already and then that happened maybe that was just like the thing that clicked and you could hold on to yeah not the best person to align yourself with in in this moment for sandra but then also if before that even happened trishel's let's talk about it it's like, who to go for? Mm, Sheree, like, not Phaedra. Like, I just, you know, there's always something from her. And it's... that was bizarre to me because I am kind of like, wait, why are you going for her? And she's clearly a fucking faithful. <laughs> she's just vibing. Yeah, exactly. It was, that was weird. I have no idea. I don't know why. I don't know what anyone's thought process was during that challenge. It was dumb as rock. Can I even hit one of these? Like I, yeah. I wrote in the end, I'm like, do we think anyone actually hit one or did They're the production just, like, just start them. fucking shooting it for them? Whoever invented the challenge, the intern came in and just started like, literally. I know. I kind of wasn't understanding their like strategy. They were like, we were clearly all doing the time. I'm like, what? I don't get what. Like they were saying, oh, it's easy to go left and right versus up and down. Yeah. But then it was like there were some that were in the bottom that were hit. There were some in the top yeah. middle that were hit. I'm like, maybe that's another <laughs> editing thing. I'm like, I don't really get what your fucking strategy is. But this is how I picked it up. I was like, okay, if I'm shooting at CT and he or Peter, he's dead middle, and I keep mi a miss to the right a little bit. Instead of someone just coming up and be like, all right, now I'm going to try for Sheree. It's like, stick on Peter and just move it an inch to the left. If you missed it an inch to the right, move it an inch to the left. But Phaedra moving it all the way to the another, a completely new quadrant of the thing was like offending everyone in their In a big pose. way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, anything post this challenge, do you have more to talk through CT? Because I feel like that was a big one for you. I feel like I'm thinking he's going to win the whole show, but yeah. that's just me. But this episode, I feel like we're starting to like understand who he is as a player. I think for you guys who haven't watched the challenge, I think seeing him on this show is kind of a different vibe than what we're used to on his standout show. And now we're kind of seeing him be more vocal, be more like assertive and in the conversation. I think in the beginning, 
on the challenge and on this show on traders he tends to like scope the scene follow the numbers as we do and lay kind of a little bit low and now i think he's kind of like okay there's 10 people left it's time to like clock the fuck in and start being a little bit more aggressive so i'm like that's my man and i'm sticking with him and i'm riding till the end with him yeah i think from what little we knew about the challenge and i've watched a long time ago uh, we were expecting him to come in hotter but i I think this has worked for him obviously right it very much read like faithful even though he was getting questioned a lot in the beginning like there was a lot of suspicion thrown on him i think in the beginning by like janelle even or other gamers alpha male Um, yeah the alpha male of it all uh and it was dan so (laughs) here we are but yeah i would love to see him at the very end at the the fire of truth or whatever you don't believe me but i swear it's called that yeah well we'll see we'll see in two episodes (laughs) okay so it's between phaedra and peter we're at the round table i'll i'll open it up there's just some like savage line reads here by phaedra but the one thing i want to say is John does this like whole royal speech here. He does. It's literally long. It's like a minute worth of him eloquently throwing Phaedra into the moat and like with the sharks. And could you imagine if he was wrong? I know he's right. (laughs) But could you imagine if he was wrong? Like if he was just doing this to Sandra or something and then all of a sudden Sandra goes, gets banished. She goes and she's like, I'm a faithful. John would be like, (laughs) I can't imagine because he's a politician. So they just do this to Phaedra's point all the time like he would do that whether he knows he's wrong or not you know what i mean like it's kind of just turning it on and believing in, and having your convictions regardless of whether they're like yeah. good or pure or whatever you know or correct i know and i feel like i kind of do still love them because they like honestly we need some spice and it can't just all be leaning on phaedra to deliver savagery and like i think that john has become sort of this crazy standout for this show where you're just like who is this short little man him losing also sorry just to go back one thing of john him shooting the arrow and losing it was just oh damn it and like Punching the air. I'm like, please get it together, girl. (laughs) That made me laugh in a big way. I forgot to address that. He's a great watch. I'm enjoying it. And he he gave Phaedra the layup, right? It can't be all her. So, you know, for them to kind of be interacting more is is also kind of just a showdown in like a lawyer versus a politician. You couldn't find two people with more to say, frankly. Literally. Yeah. She said, okay, can you fucking tone it down a notch, bitch? Like, wasting our time. Like, I, I mean, I don't know how long they filmed that for, but if I was there for an hour and this man's doing like a Shakespearean read, I'd be like, wrap it the fuck up and tell me what you want to say. Especially if I'm the one on the chopping block. I'm like, stop <laughs> yes. it. What the hell? But uh, yeah, I mean, some insights from podcasts I've heard Sandra and they, a cool one she said that I didn't even think of was their day one was actually three days long. And like so basically the day one i forget what exactly she said but it was three days long because the challenge was like all the way across scotland the challenge we saw with that they were like getting stuck in the mud and blown up into the trees they all went one at a time it's a cool insight that i'm not sure she's allowed to say but she said it anyway (laughs) which is cool i i mean you think that this is all they're all happening at once but it's really not and they're at these challenges all day long trying to get through this stuff but she also said that these round tables are hours long like just like tribal council for survivor we get cut out like two hours of footage you don't see so they're chopping together like hours of conversations during these things 
And I think that's actually similar for Love Island when they do like recoupling and stuff. They say it goes like so late to night till mm-hmm. the night and they just like so exhausted the next day. But I'm like, how much is there to fucking say all the yeah. time? Like I just like I Right. Would that's how love, I feel. Would love one day to like read more them to divulge more about why these things are so long, especially in like a survivor of traitors. You don't want to have too much time where you're like on the spot and trying to like lie or save face. Don't I? It's exhausting. And so, and it leaves more room for error. So, I would not want to be doing that for hours and hours. This is already like long enough of like a 15 minute ordeal. So, you know, props to everyone. I literally don't know how they do it because my heart is so tense during that. But like the management table, I literally am lunching a pillow and my heart is just like on fire. So, to actually be in that room at that table and potentially be on trial, I would be like, freaking the fuck out and if it lasted longer than an hour i would peel my skin off another thing she said was everyone does talk so just because we're all watching and we think why didn't parvati say anything this round table that's crazy every single person talks she said maybe at some round tables a couple people like stay pretty quiet but majority everyone talks at every round table so it is the edit there's so much on the cutting room floor with show sheree Justice for Sheree. What is she saying at that table? I mean, MJ in the beginning had some some good things to say enough that in the funeral episode, they thought MJ was like an an easy murderer. Like they were sure that she was the one that was going to get murdered. And she wasn't. And then they like stopped showing her as much. So I'm not underestimating anybody here. I think anyone can emerge as a winner with the people we have left. But there is a huge cliffhanger. And people think that it's Peter that's going to go. But the other option that you brought up, Kev, is that she burns a vote, which means that MJ just puts any random person's name that's not Phaedra or Peter. And I would love to see a tie because who knows? What do they do? They go to fire? Like, what? what is that? This isn't Survivor Girl. But no, I would. They flip a coin. I'm just kidding. Alan makes them do a jig. I would. I don't know. But I would like I would be or, very curious. I wonder if it's a revote. Oh, that would be boring. There had to be something better. That would be boring. I just do. We trust that like MJ just threw away a vote and happens to be the last person. Like, I do want to see a tie at some point. I've felt it all season because there have been. Two or three really close votes, whereas I feel like last season, it was not like that. Like, it was either, like, kind of uh, overruling majority or a fucking hot mess. But, yeah, I would like to see a tie, but it feels sort of unlikely. Spoilers are swirling out there. Traders, editors, girls. Be safe. (laughs) For next season, learn your lesson about previews, because this is, like, the fourth time now. You know, we appreciate you wanting to show us what's coming, but... It's getting a little revealing. I know. It's like kind of a bummer because I really feel like I was like that cliffhanger made me mad as hell because I'm like, where is this actually going? And I don't know. I'm just I'm choosing to believe in my fan, my fantasy dream that maybe a tie will happen. We'll see something we've never seen before. But who knows? So what I think and what we pretty much know is like Peter is going to get the boot. But if we didn't have any of spoilers for next week or anything, I kind of would have assumed if they do a cliffhanger like this, then it's Phaedra that goes home because there's such Phaedra stands on this show. And like a lot of Bravo people watch this show. I guess they wouldn't know the hype around Phaedra before they edit the episodes and get them done. But in my I brain, my... I think they know the hype of Phaedra, though. Yeah. I feel like since her exit of Atlanta, she has been on Ultimate Girls Trip, which she had... 
a bunch of like sound bites. Now she's on Married to Medicine, another mm-hmm. Bravo show. Like there is a demand for this character. So I think your point is like, yeah. keep her I one could, more episode. I could see them being that smart and being like, these Bravo psychos are tuning in for this girl. I think on the flip side, though, it's not the universe we three live in, but there's also probably Peter fans and people who are just like watching it as like a game's a game. And these people are playing the game. Well, the people who are mad at our podcast (laughs) shout out, but I feel like that could also be a cliffhanger for them. You know what I mean? I think we just kind of are in our lane and, and everyone on our timelines is like, Bravo survivor. Right. Feeling this way. But there are people who probably would feel the same as we do, but it being all signs point to Peter, which is a huge loss for them. Yeah. Yeah. I still don't think Phaedra wins this game. There's too much heat. Once if it is Peter and and he goes home, I think Phaedra is the next banishment. So I wonder heading into the finale, because this is uncharted territory, if Kate does get to recruit one last traitor or if Kate is the lone wolf heading into the finale and the fire of truth. Yeah, that would be interesting if Phaedra got the boot. And if Phaedra somehow didn't and made it to the end, everyone's going to yeah. like call her out. You know what I mean? Even even Kate, I'm sure that would be a layup for her. I, I wrote Kate's going to eat her life if they get all the way to the end because she walks in and there's no strategy. And while Kate's like acclimating still, I think if it came down to it and it's like, do I split 250000 or do I get it? I'm going to get it. Just like three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's something to be said about keeping Phaedra because this strategy has been floating around. Keep the known traitor until the end because if you do get rid of Phaedra, they're just going to recruit someone who you have no idea. It's a shot in the dark. At this point, they only have one episode to act like a a traitor (laughs) and you just kind of act natural for the rest as best as you can. But that's that's minimal time. So I don't know. Who's to say? The good episode, though. Good episode. I agree. I do love that idea of someone doing that or like presenting that strategy to the rest of the house because but it's also interesting because i feel like if you present that strategy to the house these people are like you're a fucking traitor then like why would we keep a traitor you're a traitor like they're not thinking like people who are on a game show and i think that's what (laughs) makes this show a little bit more nuanced than like most competition shows like these people are new to this shit even though that we've like been singing all of their praises and they're good at like politicking and being social and arguing and all that stuff, I think some of these people are like it's not sitting with them that like you should keep an easy layup. I think Sandra is probably like that's why she's not voting Phaedra. I think she kind of knows it is Phaedra. That's the last one. So, Trishel well, said that last episode, or like Peter, they started doing that with. Parvati, like I think that Trishel was like, let's go for Phaedra. We know Parvati, let's bring her to the end. And and that's one less question mark that we have to think about. And then this episode, they kind of threw that entire line of thinking out the window. So I don't really, I don't really know. She just really wants Phaedra out. Shocking. All right. So is everyone here kind of a line that we think Peter's gone and Phaedra lives to see one more day? That is what I'm thinking is happening. Yeah. And so what do you guys think like the next move would be for if Phaedra survives, Kate and Phaedra, like what's the next murder? Like what's smart here? I wrote that they need to get a Bravo girl because they still are too strong of numbers. I think MJ would be a little too risky at this point because she expressed that she's not necessarily like blindly loyal to the Bravo network girlies. I feel like it would be cruel to take out Sheree, but I I just feel like that would be the smartest move. But I, I don't know. Could be overthinking it. 
I completely agree. That was like what I had in my notes. If Phaedra lives through another week, I think that voting out Sheree would be like an absolute red herring for these people. And it's something that she should consider. Unpopular opinion. I also think voting Sandra out would throw people for a curve too, because I think she is kind of the wild card of this season. Like she is hanging with the Bravo girls and like Mm -hmm. in those conversations. But I also feel like she's kind of marching to the beat of her own drum as Sandra does. So Sandra or Sheree would be like a kind of, I don't know, throw the heat off and kind of confuse people. I'd love to see Peter's pals scratch their head and try to figure out like, how did we wake up to live another day? Yeah. Either way, I think without Peter, that frees up a lot of screen time. So we'll get to see more from Sandra and Trey and MJ and people because Sandra's still not getting a ton of airtime, which I wish she would because she is funny. She has some good line reads and she's good at strategy. So um, we'll see how she does next episode if she's not killed. But I I agree. I mean, John would be sketchy. Trishel would be sketchy and CT would be sketchy to kill for on like Phaedra's sake. So it really if you want to go non sketchy, it's got to be MJ Sheree or Sandra. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. If they cleaned house and all we had left was John, I'd be thrilled. And I would be. That's how I feel about the Peters pals. I'm like, yeah. I want John at the end. I want CT at the end. I want Sandra at the end and Phaedra. I don't get how there's only two more episodes. How many fucking people are ending this show? There's a lot. There's a lot on deck. So, I mean, you don't know. Maybe there'll be more twists and turns. We shall see. Yeah. We'll get hopefully two banishments next episode with Peter in the beginning, um, a kill, and then, yeah, so... We'll see. I think we'll be heading into the finale with six with a kill right in the beginning, meaning like five for the entirety of the finale. I think that's that's how my math um, works. I love that. Girl math. <laughs> Girl math. <laughs> but I'm excited. And um, Kev, you'll be back for the penultimate two? I think so. Yeah. If you'll have cool. me. Yeah. For the rest, um, we need Kev. So that's really it. You guys have any parting shots? If you love us, give us five stars on the podcast app. <laughs> <laughs> true i just like should i watch shaws of sunset and try to understand mj more because i really am he's doing like, the work he's yeah. doing the work i am like ready to clock in and do work on this show but yeah that's all that's all i have nothing i else. think i i would like to see phaedra but i know that if you like tune into one of these shows phaedra is only like a sliver of the show there's many other people on the show so You'll probably find some insane super cuts on twitter True. like they're 100 percent there twitter. are super cuts for sure i think i'm gonna watch bling empire for champions <laughs> literally blaze came in when i was watching and he was like it was the scene where kevin was reading his letter and he was like, what is his deal? Like, is this like a rich person that's just on TV? Yeah. I'm like, I guess. I don't even mm-hmm. know what the premise of Bling Empire is. He's a Philly boy. I mean, aren't they all just that at the end of the day? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a true. Lot of shows. True. It's a rich person put on TV. Exactly. Literally. All right. All right. Well, that's the episode, y'all. We'll be back for the penultimate. We've got two left. So excited. Um, the one thing I want to say is Survivor starting next week. In last episode, I was like, I don't feel like looking and reading their bios. Um, feel like the season 45 and 46 are like so close together. We potted on 46 or 45. Then I went straight to traders. Now I'm going straight into 46. But I watched the videos and read the bios of all the people. And I'm honestly really fucking excited. So that starts next wow. week. We'll be dropping an episode 
um, on the first app, which is always like a mouthful because it's all 16, 18, 20 people. Two, hours, minute, two hours of footage, not a lot of dead air like traders. So uh, it's a lot, but I'm excited. So if you want to check that out, we'll probably drop them on the traders feed too, if that's where you're listening, or you can go to the Benchtown TV main feed. That's our um, where we drop all of our episodes. We have like 500 episodes of all different kinds of shows. So if you want to look, that's where they are. But uh, yeah, so we'll be hanging with Jeff next week and I can't wait. And we are Binge on TV, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.